Good morning, everyone. It's me, your pastor, Alan Duncalf. This morning, Pastor Chris will be speaking about submitting to God as a way to move on in life. Pastor Chris became a Christian at the young age of just six years. Beautiful Christian parents that were faithful in getting him to church. After he was done high school, even though he studied media production and took business administration at Red River College, he knew that God was leading him into ministry. He first came to Cross Church in 1996 when it was still called Western Gospel Church. Some of you will remember those days, although I don't think there are many left. In 1997, Chris moved to California to work for a Christian organization called the Parable Group. And then in 1999, Chris came back to Winnipeg to help at Cross Church during the move to our current location. He was so committed to us that he raised his own support for the first few years. It was amazing. He met his lovely wife, Charlene, here and was married in 2001. During the early 2000s, Chris worked with a local musician, John Buller, developing and administering Hear the Music Ministries. In 2005, he moved to Calgary and worked with a group called Asia Span. He was coordinating underground ministry in China. Then Chris moved on to the Samaritan's Purse. Some of you know it. It's a national um, operation, actually international operation. He served as the manager for Operation Christian, or Christmas Child, pardon me. Then in 2014, Pastor Chris returned home to Winnipeg and to Cross Church, where he now serves as our discipleship pastor and works in the music department and does a million other things. We're so grateful to God for Chris and the hard work that he does. He loves working together with me and this amazing Cross Church. Pastor Chris, I love you too, and I'm so thankful for your servant heart and for your willingness to serve God in so many ways. God bless you this morning. May you enjoy the Word of God. Well, well good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cross Church. Uh, those are some very kind words from Pastor Allen. Um, you know, I, I love him like a brother. He's been there for me for almost 25 years of my life, you know, through the good and through the bad times. I'm sure that there are many of us here that could say the same thing uh, about Pastor Allen. Great, great brother in Christ. Well, anyway, this uh, current series, Moving Forward in 2020, uh, just before I get to it, though, I just want to actually, instead of moving forward, I want to move back just for a little bit here. Pastor Al mentioned a little bit in the video, um, working at the church back in the uh, turn of the cent or the, the millennium, I guess, into the 2000s. Um, well, even before that happened, I was managing Hull's Bookstore downtown. Some of you already remember uh, the old store there at the corner of Carlton and Graham. Well, uh, when I was at Hulls, Pastor Allen had just moved back to Winnipeg and was at the Weston uh, Church, and he would come into the store looking for books, you know, buying books, and uh, really that's where the two of us kind of first connected. Um, he actually knew my parents and my family, my two older sisters, for quite some time. Uh, both his family and my family were both at Calvary Temple, but he and I really hadn't known each other uh, before that time. So in 1996, I started attending the old Weston Church, and uh, the next year I moved away. And we, the two of us kept in a lot of really close contact, actually, through that time. 
And then, like he mentioned, spring of 99, I was in one of those young adult positions, you know, having to make a big life decision. And at that point, I had the opportunity to move back to the U.S. again, back to the central coast of California. But Pastor Allen had this big project on the go uh, back here in Winnipeg. He had this huge vision of moving to the church uh, from Elgin to this current location where we are right now. So really, the long and the short of it is, as you heard Pastor Allen mention, uh, we had chatted about my different options. He, you know, we said, well, you know, you could take the job and move back to sunny California, or, or maybe, just maybe, you want to move back to Winnipeg and uh, help me at the church here instead. And for an added bonus, we won't even pay you a cent. <laughs> okay, so move back to California, the, you know, the ocean, the sun, uh, or move back to Winnipeg and work for nothing. Quite a, quite a choice there. But, um, you know, as I talked to Pastor Allen, uh, we, we chatted a number of times through that period. We prayed together, uh, and he constantly reminded me that uh, God would work it all out. That he encouraged me to truly submit to what God wanted me to do and uh, not make the decision on my own. He said, God is going to show you clearly one way or the other. And I remember praying about this decision an awful lot. And I knew in my heart that uh, what I really wanted was to ultimately do what God wanted me to do. And there was a verse that constantly was on my mind and my heart through that time. It's Psalm uh, 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So my prayer through that time was continually, God, I want my desires to be your desires, nothing more. Uh, I just want to do what you want me to do. So now I had a deadline uh, I had to give an answer about this position down south, and I had to call the manager, I remember, on 10 o'clock on a Monday morning and let him know what I had decided. So as the time approached, I just felt more and more uh, settled in my heart that God was directing me uh, to move back home here to Winnipeg. But, you know, I didn't let God off the hook. I said, God, are you serious? <laughs> Not sunny California, but Winterpeg? Come on. Yes, it appeared God was serious. And amazingly, uh, when it came time to make the call and turn down the job down south, I really felt, uh, you know, very peaceful that God would work out all the details. So end of 99, I moved back to Winnipeg, began working at the old church there on Elgin, and uh, got paid a big goose egg. Uh, but seriously, looking back, you know, that remains one of the landmark moments of my life. I truly saw God uh, guide me so clearly he gave me a great sense of peace, and he took care of all my needs and even more. You know, well, I'll come back to a bit more of the story a bit later, but uh, uh, this is really what I want to talk about this morning, submitting to the will of our Heavenly Father. And, you know, last week we heard from Taryn, and she kicked off this series moving forward in 2020. She spoke about having a fresh start in life. And as Christians, we have a fresh start and can have one each and every day as uh, we base our life on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the more time we spend with Jesus, of course, we become more like him, don't we? And at this time of year, we're, of course, reminded often of New Year's resolutions. Uh, but I think we understand, I think that we, um, you know, making these resolutions isn't the thing that's really going to change us, is it? Making resolutions actually work you know, quite rarely, because the problem, you know, the, the real problem is a discipline problem. Well, this morning, I'd like us to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Now, 
It's not known who wrote Hebrews, but this letter is a wonderful, wonderful encouragement to those whose faith is in Christ. The author of Hebrews over and over stresses the purpose, uh, the value, and the reward of living out this faith in Jesus Christ, our Messiah. So in the early church for who this letter was written, uh, Christians were either people who had turned away from their Jewish faith to follow Christ and accept him as the Messiah, and now faced persecution from the Jewish people, or they were subjects of Rome who had come to believe in Jesus as their Savior and Lord, and now they were fearing persecution from the Roman Empire. So the author understands full well uh, and is encouraging these new Christians to keep their faith. He's challenging them to live it out and shine the love of Christ even through the difficulties that they are facing. Because God is faithful, isn't he? The author knows that as a Christian in the early church, it was full of challenges and trials, but he also knew that the journey here on earth is actually quite short compared to the reward of eternity with their Heavenly Father. So, now one more thing just before we move on. I hope uh, this morning that each of us, uh, you know, no matter where we are in our journey, we'll let God really speak to our hearts here today. You know, whether you're a new Christian or have been a Christian for a long time, or maybe you're just trying to find out what Christianity is all about, I pray this morning that God will really uh, speak to your heart, and he'll let him do that. If you know me, you're, uh, if you know me at all, I'm not a fan of public speaking. This is not my favorite thing to do. You know, put me on the piano, I'm fine playing in front of lots of different people, but speaking, it's another story altogether. But as I was thinking about that this morning, the thing that concerns me even more than my, my nerves here speaking in front of you this morning is that uh, I don't want to miss the mark of what God wants to say here to us today. I, don't, I, I want to make sure that I get a, the message across that he wants to speak to you and to me here today. So before we read these verses, I just want to pray for us, okay? Let's just close our eyes. God, you are so good and so faithful. Thank you for the, you know, the great time of worship and fellowship we've had this morning already. Uh, we know that you're here among us. And I pray, God, that you will open our spiritual eyes. I pray that our hearts and minds will be open to hearing from you here this morning and that we will take away something from this morning, but truly move us forward with you in 2020. God, you know each and every person here, you created us. You have a plan for us, and you want to have a close relationship with each and every one of us. So I pray your Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us this morning, encouraging us and challenging us to draw closer to you. You want us to have an abundant and fulfilling life. So help us here today to truly hear from you, and help us to submit to you and your perfect will for each of our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's try and read these few verses together here, okay? It's uh, part of verse 9 and then verse 11 from Hebrews chapter 12. Okay, ready? Let's try it together. Shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So the first key word we see here is the word submit. Now, my son Michael, he's into wrestling. And actually, Samuel's getting into it a little bit too. And no, I'm not talking WWE the Rock or John Cena, okay, no, that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, Michael and Sam are doing uh, more like Olympic-style wrestling. 
And Michael has a tournament in a few weeks. If you're interested in coming, let me know. You can come watch it, but don't tell him I told you, okay? <laughs> but anyway, if you've watched WWE or, or maybe you've even seen uh, MMA matches, they have what is called a submission hold, right? You've seen those? And they are basically when you have to kind of twist the other opponent into a pretzel and uh, hope that they, you can hold them there just long enough that they finally tap out or um, you know, give up or, or submit, right? So that's not the type of submission we're talking about here today. God is not trying to get you into, um, well, is, has anybody ever seen the movie Nacho Libre? He's, he's not trying to get you into the anaconda squeeze, okay? Or, or give you a, a, power, a painful reverse arm bar or a hammer lock or something like that. No, God is not trying to make you submit. He's not a bully. He's not a tyrant. God is a loving father who invites us into a personal relationship and he truly knows what is best for us, doesn't he? And also, we're not talking about submitting in terms of this definition. Uh, one dictionary I read said this, the coming to terms with or succumbing to hopelessness in the face of an irresistible opposing force. Now, some Christians and, uh, you know, people in the world, and, and like I say, even some Christians view their, their faith, their Christianity, in this kind of fatalistic worldview. You know, there's that old song, que sera, sera, right? You know, everybody's heard that. Whatever will be, will be. This is something that you say when you are stuck in a hopeless, unchangeable situation. You have to come to the point where you just shrug your shoulders and accept it or embrace the, uh, the unchangeability of it all. It's like, like saying, it is what it is. There's nothing that can be done. So again, this is not the definition of submitting uh, that we're talking about here this morning, not what it says in the New Testament. I found out the word in the New Testament, when they use the word submit, uh, the Greek word is hupotasso. I don't know if I said that properly, but that's, that's basically how it is read. And it basically means uh, to humbly arrange yourself under the command of a divine viewpoint. And this is done so we don't live based on our, based on our own human viewpoint. So it's a process of humbly surrendering our own will to that of our Heavenly Fathers. And it's not just out of obedience either, but out of complete trust and faith. Pastor Allen uses the definition for the word faith, I'm sure many of us know, believing God and doing what He says. So it's not just doing what He says, but when we truly believe it and we trust it, we do it because we know it's the best decision. We know that whatever God has in store, whether we understand it or not, God can make all things work for good for his glory. And sometimes life circumstances can be very difficult. You know, we certainly don't want those difficult seasons, but we have to remember still that God is using us, helping us grow in our faith as we believe him and do what he says, you know, go through whatever scenario we face. And he can be using us as well to impact others, to come to know, uh, to know God or to grow in their faith. God knows best, and it's really a privilege to be used by God. It's not easy, that's for sure. Because Jesus himself sets for us an example as he even questions the Father when he is faced with death on the cross. So we can only persevere and submit to God when we truly have a serious relationship with him. Now, the biblical definition, again, is to humbly arrange oneself under the command of a divine viewpoint. So a key word there is the word humble. This is another key separation from just accepting or even acting in obedience. Humbleness, it puts us in a position where we are actually respecting, we're believing, we 
know in our hearts and minds that God's way is better than ours. And this takes time, doesn't it? In our daily walk with God, over time as we uh, choose to submit to God in more areas and in more ways, this is all a process of learning in order to grow spiritually and become more like Christ. Now, going back to our verses here, we read that no pain, uh, sorry, no uh, discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. Now, who really wants to subject themselves to pain? Uh, you know, I know, my, again, my son Michael, he will sometimes say when he's going to wrestling, man, I hope we don't do a lot of conditioning tonight. And then that's followed up with, it's so painful when we do it. But sometimes that's followed up with, but I always feel better afterward, though. And, you know, so it is with submitting to God, isn't it? With a humble attitude, the discipline, the correction we can receive, it can be painful when we are going through it. But as we read in these verses, we see the rewards and the benefits of submitting ourselves to God's will. And again, along the journey in our faith, this takes time. It's not quick. So Michael doesn't go one night to wrestling and then he's set. He's the best and he can win every tournament. No, of course not. He goes back night after night, week after week, year after year even. And same for us on our journey with Christ. It's a daily decision to lay our will down, to pick up our cross and follow him as we read in Luke 9.23. So discipline, it comes in a few different parts. It's our own discipline to be determined to do what we know we need to do. Then also there's the direction, the teaching, the, the guiding God gives us within his will. And then there's the correction that comes from God when we step out of his will. And you know, if we've ever experienced, we know God's discipline is usually pretty straightforward. We experience the consequences of our actions or inactions, they'll go against his will. And if we're going against him, fighting to do our own thing, you know, we can pray and beg as much as we want to for God to help us and bless us. But until we do it his way, we're going to find ourselves in some trouble. Now, it's like a story I heard about a young boy who was at church. His parents, they said, okay, we're going to let you stay in the service, but you have to be quiet, okay? So, well, as uh, he apparently wasn't the most patient or quiet, obedient little guy, and uh, it wasn't very long that as he was sitting there, he kind of got louder and louder as he's playing with his little cars on the, on the seats. His mom kept saying, shh, shh, but he just kept getting louder and louder. Finally, the dad, he had had enough, and he picked up his little son, and he put him over his shoulder, and he started carrying him out to the foyer. Well, this little guy was quite the character. Just before they went through the doors, as he's bouncing up and down on his dad's shoulder, he yells out, Pastor, pray for me! <laughs> so, you know, we can't be like this little guy, be disobedient, and then when we are in dire straits, we suddenly make it God's emergency, right? You know, as I read before, Psalm 37, verse 4, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We need to truly say, God, I am submitting to your will. I know that your way, your wisdom, your discernment, it's far above mine. I'm willing to submit to your discipline, your teaching each and every day. I want my heart's desire to truly be what your heart's desire is for me. You know, I recently watched this movie called Four Minute Mile, made about five years ago. It's a fictional story about a young guy named Drew Jacobs. Now, this kid is really fast. Even from a little guy, he could beat anybody. 
And Drew grows up on the wrong side of the tracks in Seattle. And his mom and his brother, sadly, are trapped in a lifestyle of drugs. Uh, and he realizes that if he can become great at running in track and field, he could possibly get out of this dead-end life that he's in. And his crotchety old neighbor, Mr. Coleman, well, amazingly, it turns out that he was quite the track star back in the day. Now, one day, Drew throws an absolute fit at his school track meet, and the coach finally kicks him off the team. He's had enough of it. And during this time, though, Drew slowly was getting to know his neighbor, Mr. Coleman. And after he gets kicked off the team, he, he goes to Mr. Coleman and says, hey, would you be willing to coach me? And Mr. Coleman says, okay, let's, let's give it a try. So he starts out with a very unorthodox exercise. He has Drew running up and down the beach in knee-deep water to train. He says, I want you to do it like 100 times. And Drew finally collapses after a while. He says, I, I just can't do it anymore. I can't even move. And it was just funny. Mr. Coleman just looks at him and says, well, kid, you just don't got it. And he saunters off. Anyway, as the movie goes on, Drew realizes that he hasn't obviously submitted to his coach. You know, he's still trying to do things his own way. And in the end, Drew finally gives in. His brother's been now arrested, and he does not want to end up in the same situation. Drew knows in his heart finally that he is 100% ready to face the pain, do whatever Mr. Coleman says, he knows this is his only shot, the only way he's going to get a scholarship to college. He needs to break the four-minute mile, and Mr. Coleman is the only one that can help him do it. So Drew finally believes that Mr. Coleman's teachings, his methods, his ways, as painful and as crazy or as usual as they are, they are the best way. And for each one of us, this is a process that began or can begin at our accepting of Christ as our Savior and Lord. And this process will continue all through our lives until the Lord comes again or we uh, go home to see him in heaven. We can learn to see that God's way is not only the best way, but really it's an adventure. It can be exciting, wondering what God will do, how he's going to use us. But each of us have to make that choice. Just yesterday, I was at a kind of a, I guess, a farewell party for a friend of our family, this lady, and she's in her late 90s. She's almost 100 years old. And the farewell party is, get this, at, at 90 some odd years old, close to 100, she's moving from Winnipeg to Vancouver. <laughs> now, you know, how many of us in our lives are just willing to make big moves like that? But at 98 years old or whatever she is, she is moving uh, across the country, amazing. Now, to be honest, she's not doing it completely because she wants to. Her kids are really saying this is, you know, kind of the best thing that we think is going to be for you. And it's a long story, but they wanted to move there. And so she's agreed to go and do it. And so I was talking to her. I said, so are you ready for this move? And she said, well, you know, it's, it's not something I, I'm really wanting to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I, I, my kids think this is the best. So, so I'm going to go do it and, and uh, make, make the best of it. I said, well, that's, that's a great attitude to have. You got to go and just uh, and, you know, keep positive and, and see what happens. And then she says, not only am I going to go there with a positive attitude, but I think God has a plan for me. Even at 98, I, I think God has a plan for me. Some of my family out there don't know uh, the Lord yet. And so maybe he's going to use me to share God's love with them. And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? 
98 years old, and she is moving across the country, and she is submitting to God, actually looking forward to how God is going to use her there through this move. It's not going to be easy for her, but she has the attitude of submitting to God and really wanting God to use her in this situation. So again, we read this passage. The discipline is not going to be enjoyable while it's happening. It can be painful, but afterward, slowly but surely, we become more like Christ. John chapter 3, verse 30, one of my favorite verses, it says, He, God, must become greater in my life, and I must become less and less. And we end here in verse 11 with such encouraging words, don't we? It says, then we will have a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way, trained in God's way. The author of Hebrews here is clearly telling his readers who are suffering for their faith that they, uh, there are clear benefits uh, for submitting to our Heavenly Father. We see peace. We will experience peace. God's peace, as it's described in Philippians 4, verse 7, he says, God's peace is far more wonderful than the human mind can ever understand. And then we have the harvest, or we could say the benefits of right living, living righteously, living God's way. These are the benefits that we can experience from being in the will of God. These are the blessings when we turn from our sinful ways. These are the blessings when each and every day we submit to God Ask him to change us. Ask him to show us what areas of our lives we need to be worked on. And his blessings come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? Uh, they are the privileges of truly partnering with God. So some can be more temporary and, you know, kind of meet our needs. For example, now going back to the story I told you at the beginning. So 1999, when I moved back here to Winterpeg, uh, uh, you know, when I first moved back, I moved back in with my mom. I was living at her house. But as I was here for the first few months, Pastor Alan and I talked, and we both really knew that God was saying that it would be great for me to move right here into the community, right here to Weston. Uh, you know, look for a house to buy in this area. It'd be great to get to know some people in the area. It'd be great to be close to the church for whatever activities are going on. So I decided, okay, I'm going to reach out to a friend of mine that I knew from Calvary Temple. His name was Ralph. He was a realtor. And he sent me a list of houses in the area. And now this was still in the faxing age, so the pictures on the pages didn't come through very clearly. So anyway, I drove around, uh, set up some appointments, checked out a number of different places. Uh, one afternoon, as my friend Tim and I were finishing up and you know, inspecting a few houses with Ralph, there was one more listing uh, on the page that we hadn't seen yet. And basically because there, there was no picture of this particular house. It was just a jumbled black blob where the photo was supposed to be. And we thought, well, if you can't even see the place, it must be pretty bad, right? Then I thought, well, you know what? Why don't we just drive by it and see how bad this place really is? Well, as it turned out, the reason there was no photo were the trees in the lot were so overgrown, you could not even see the house unless you were right up beside it. So long story short, it actually was in pretty good shape. And after checking it out, I made an offer in the place. And it turned out, get this, that the place was actually a repo owned by the bank and had been on the market for like three months already. You know, how often does that happen? I, I don't think that's a case we people come across very often. But at that time, I had some people uh, making dis, uh, donations now to help sponsor me here at the church so I could make a small wage from working here. And I just happened to know two guys that were also looking for rooms to rent. So I bought the house for an amazing price. God provided these two guys to come 
live with me and pay some rent to me. I had some money saved for a down payment. And with a little bit I was earning from the church that people were donating towards my wage, I was able to buy this place. It was truly an amazing story. Going from basically making zero to now being a homeowner. Uh, you know, God was so good. There are so many blessings that God gives us. And of course, God's uh, blessings can be in the midst of difficulties we may face as well when we are submitting to him. Maybe hard or challenging times we face when we are right in the middle of God's will. Like Paul and Silas. Think of this story. Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. They were completely sold out to God, these guys. Even after being beaten and thrown into jail, they sang and they praised God. They just knew God had a reason for it. And they were so committed to his plan that they had submitted to his will so completely, they were at peace, even in the midst of being there in jail. Even joyful, knowing God had a reason for it. And God showed up in an amazing way there, didn't he? As the prisoners listened to them sing in the middle of the night, we read in Acts 16 that the earth shook and the doors flew open. Even their chains fell off. Can you believe that? The night this particular night, not only did that happen, but the jailer, his family, and who knows how many other people came to believe in Jesus Christ that evening. You know, we need to come to a point where we say, God, my heavenly Father, help me to truly want my ways to be your ways, my desires to be your desires. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Not because I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air and go through life saying, hey, whatever will be, will be but because, God, I know that you know what's best. God, I want to partner with you. I want to be used by you. So submitting to God is not done in this fatalistic way, but as a Christian, we have the greatest, the enormous, the uh, extraordinary privilege of being called the children of God. We read that clearly in John 1.12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And how about this one, Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. So as Christians, as children of God, we are submitting to God, we are surrendering our own will, we are choosing to obey God, we are giving up our own desires, but we have this amazing blessing of having a personal relationship with Him, our Heavenly Father. He is our Father, and we are God's children. We are part of the family of the Almighty God. And we can't take this for granted, can we? We need to continually develop our relationship with him to clearly know we are hearing from him and understand what his will is. And as Taryn talked about last week, we need to be in God's word. Now, I heard a, a pastor once say that to have a, uh, that we have to be in God's word regularly if we clearly want to know we are truly hearing from him and not just experiencing indigestion. You know, our relationship with God has to start with a daily connection, getting into the word, letting God speak to us through it. He's going to guide us in our schooling or help us with our knowledge and our wisdom, with our life's decisions, maybe regarding jobs or relationships, health, Family, you know, looking at this verse again, submit to the Father of our spirits and live forever. It points out, ultimately, we will receive the gift of eternal life. So while we're here on this planet, though, 
at the starting point for changing our lives, it has to be a strong, vibrant, honest, personal relationship where we are truly willing to submit to God our Father. And again, this brings peace, it brings contentment, it can bring provision, it can bring excitement, it can bring purpose, it can bring vision. You know, saying goodbye to the old self, the old ways, the lost, hurtful, destructive traps the evil one drags us into, you know, we can only say goodbye to all of that when we decide to be disciplined, to give up control and learn to humbly submit to our good, good Heavenly Father. Can we just bow our heads in prayer for a moment? I just want each of us to really think about where are we at? I want you to really let God speak to you here this morning. You know, some of us here this morning are struggling right now. We want to change and get on track with God and be completely submitting to his good and perfect will. Maybe you grew up in a home that lacked discipline or you just struggled to accept discipline. You're struggling to submit to God. Maybe you grew up in a home that was abusive and the thought of discipline to you is mean and it's angry, maybe hateful. Some here might be successful, doing well, or may have a good job, stable family. Maybe you even attend here regularly. You serve in the church. Your parents are faithful members. You know, no matter what your situation is here today, I want us all to think about where is our heart really at? Has God showed you the privilege and blessings that come when you submit to God and his will for your life? Maybe this morning you know God is leading you to make some changes in your life and your own way is keeping you from taking the steps to follow his leading. You know, so the question we need to ask ourselves is, do I want God to change me? Am I willing to allow God to shape me and discipline me? Am I willing to submit to him? So wherever we are at today, I hope we will all take a moment to check our hearts. And maybe God is even speaking to you right now. God loves us. His will and his way are not only for our good, but submitting to his will is rewarding. As I said before, it's challenging. It's filled with right living, godly transformation. It's peaceful. And ultimately, it comes with the promise of life in heaven. Our lives, our behaviors, our habits, our attitudes, they will never change until we come to this peaceful place with God. So today, can I challenge you to pray and desire to truly submit to him. The blessings and the peace that we gain from humbly submitting ourselves daily to our Heavenly Father are a gift that nothing in this world can compare to. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for being willing to be our Father and that we can have a privilege, uh, privilege of being your children. Help us to put aside our own desires. No, no matter how long we've been serving you, help us day in and day out to come to you afresh with our hearts and minds open to your correction. That we would be open to you once again, you know, shining your light on areas in our lives that we need to get in line with your will. Help us to recognize your discipline comes because you love us and you want us to have peace. You want us to partner with you and see you working in us and through us. God, help us to truly desire to change, to be transformed. I pray for each one of us here this morning, myself included, that we would leave here this morning desiring to once again put our faith into action. We would submit to you. 
so you can help us change, change our behaviors, change our sinful ways. And through that, in due time, slowly but surely, we would know your peace. We'd experience this harvest of right living. Lord, help us to face each day in a close relationship with you and see what a blessing it is to partner with the Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for being here this morning and, and, and speaking to us today. Be with us now as we go, and I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said it? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, and if you want someone to talk to or pray with, I'm going to be here, and I know some others will be here at the front, so come up here if you want to talk or pray. And God bless you. Have a great day. We were best friends, yeah, I thought that you knew that Every night on the phone we were cool, yeah Then you said that I'm all you ever wanted But the same didn't say that I loved you, oh